Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Uh, I'm Chris, and Larry's not here right now. We are, as you're watching this, in Jeffersonville, Ohio, uh, at the uh, latest edition of the Reset Your Mindset live event tour. Uh, we've got uh, about 25 people up there spending a two day uh, on a two day journey of of learning about everything that we teach here on the podcast in depth. Uh, so we're going to play for you an episode that uh, we recorded with Rick Burnett, the CEO of Lane Access. Lane Access is a new uh, technology. It's a new transportation management system of sorts that uses blockchain technology to connect carriers and shippers directly without a broker. It, it's basically a brokerless model. Uh, I really highly encourage you to uh, look into blockchain and begin to understand how it works and what it can do. I believe the trucking industry is going to be the proving grounds for blockchain technology um, and it's going to transform the world economy. And we are right here uh, with front row tickets to see how it's going to work. Uh, so without further ado, here's our conversation with Rick Burnett, CEO of Lane Access. Okay, Rick Burnett, welcome to the Blue Ribbon Podcast. Good to have you here. We wanted to talk to you about Lane Access and the direction that things are headed. Um, so if you could give us a little background on what Lane Access is uh, and how it came to be uh, and, and, and what kind of what you expect it to, to do in the short term. Yeah, so thanks for having me on. Appreciate the opportunity to you know to speak with you guys. I love what you guys are doing. Um, love what you guys represent. It's actually what we represent as well. Um, our core mission is is to provide you know uh, improvement to drivers' lives, driver experiences, get them home to their families when when you know because obviously the network and and the transportation market's changing. Help them make more money. Um, and that's always been, you know, what, you know, where lane access is really about. So we're the industry first brokerless direct freight network. Um, and very simply what that means is, is they're hauling the freight today. They're just not getting it direct. Right. Uh, and we built a platform that allows that direct connectivity between a shipper manufacturer or anybody moving product to deal directly with that trucking company in a lot of cases, well, 930 plus thousand cases in the US, they're owner operators, right? Uh, and so we wanna build that gateway to where we see the market being five, seven, 10 years, lane access is successful. There's three and a half, four million owner operator network that actually moves the freight today because uh, they're doing the work. Um, and we build a platform that allows, you know, them to have freight available directly wherever that wherever they're going because now everything's regulated through ELDs and logging devices and so by providing network visibility and immediate connectivity uh, when they come off a reset they have options wherever they're at maybe to make a last mile movement or an LTL traditionally that they wouldn't have you know uh, availability or even you know exposure to that now they can you know, and so they're making money wherever they're at on wherever their hours are reset on and then wherever they want to go. So that's uh, that's the basic, you know, I would say fundamental part of what Lane Access is doing is we're really targeting. Let's just call it there's 850 to 900,000 loads a day on an example in on DAT. And, you know, what is that? Those loads posted by brokers or shippers trying to find capacity. So there's capacity out there. There's a product needs to be moved. There's a truck in that area. And if you provide network visibility and immediate connectivity, um, then what happens is um, you can, you can bring them two together. And so that's, that's the basic premise behind what lane access is actually doing is providing efficiency, reducing the million trucks moving uh, empty every day and providing you know uh, a network visibility that levels the traditional truckload less than truckload or last long movements and providing just transportation network visibility and from a to z from contractual to insurance requirements to load level management to real-time tracking visibility electronic documentation quantifying those data points into a network that gives various different real data 
uh, valuable data sets in the network, and then direct payment. So it's a complete A to Z transportation, let's call it aviation system comparable network. What a, you know, we work in a closed system with Landstar, you know, so we are, we're running under Landstar's DOT number using their authority, their purchasing power, which benefits us as owner operators. We get cheaper tires, cheaper fuel. Uh, we have our network of agents that go out and try to sell freight, but we also have agents that can reach out to DAT or truck stop and get us loads to fill our capacity. Um, so I think in the short term, there's not much for the least operator that like us that that this lane access can do but i'm really fired up for what i see as a future of a brokerless model because i kind of look at the historical context of you know go back to the 70s before deregulation you had people that owned routes you had you had companies that manufactured products and owned their own trucks and then had to come you know and had to buy calls so broker the broker was necessary. The third-party person with their own contacts and communication, they were a necessary part. Well, it seems like over the last 25 years, we're just polishing a turd. We're trying to make this turd not stink. Right. But I see, personally, I think we can see a model where carriers don't own trailers anymore, where deadhead is a thing of the past, um, where uh, – Payment issues are, are taken care of with smart contracts, maybe run on Ethereum, um, you know, because right now, the, one of the things that we teach people because, you know, we, we run into the, well, why would you give all your money to that carrier? Why does Landstar take all of your money? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm transferring a lot of risk to Landstar, you know, billing and compliance and all the stuff that as an individual truck owner, I would have to take care of myself. I can pass that off to Landstar for a piece of the action. Well, if I can get to a place where I can mitigate some of that risk and have some of that purchasing power and communication volume that a lot of these big carriers do, and I can do that as an independent, um, it really starts to make it make sense to have a direct customer model because as a driver, you get me, you, the closer you get me to the customer, the better off they are, the better off I am. They're going to get better service. I'm going to make more money. Absolutely. And I mean, I think in what you just described there, going back to deregulation up until the current, you know, um, there's a, there's a massive piece of fruit in what you described right now in that massive piece of fruit. And in that field of fruit, there's a bunch of different weeds have grown up and it's strangling the growth and it's really not producing a good enough fruit that it actually could if you got rid of all the weeds and and watered it properly and and it had an ability to naturally grow right and so what's happened well in that analogy that you gave in deregulation where there was a place in time well the place in time you know had multiple factors number one a lot of manufacturers got rid of legacy cost 15 20 years ago because they didn't want to pay a guy 30 years from retirement. So they've outsourced transportation. They've they've outsourced it by not paying legacy costs and they replaced it with 3PLs and and brokers and, and, and purchase transportation so that they lowered their overall cost. But now what's happened is, is that that stranglehold of that relationship now is controlled. And they've used the internet and technology to to broadcast, to really find out where all these various different owner operators, smaller independent guys are moving. And through technology, they use that as a tool to then take advantage, right? Because they know right. that you get back and they know that you don't have an uh, you know an ability. And, and quite frankly, if there's anything that goes wrong, well, they have a network of 50, 60, 100,000 plus and, and always have an opportunity of different people that quite frankly, as a one-off owner operator, uh, if you piss the guy off, you might not get freight anymore. So you can't run that risk. So if he hits you with $125 late payment and you can't quantify the data to prove that you were there when you actually right. were, uh, you get assessed a charge and you have a choice. You can say, you know, go pound sand. I'm never holding freight for you again and go try to find somebody else to replace that freight or you take it. That I mean, right. that's what you're stuck with. That's real life situations. And and so what lane access is, is doing is, and you're right. I mean, you know, this is cancer. I mean, and, and this cancer is all over the transportation industry body. 
Um, and there's so many layers of complexity of this cancer that it's not going to be solved overnight. I mean, lane access is a process of, of movement, of direct connectivity that, quite frankly, if the smaller independent guys don't get behind this and support it, uh, it, it won't happen. <laughs> you, you, I, you will not control your own destiny that you really want to be. And that's ultimately why you're an owner operator, right? right? I mean, I talked to hundreds of these guys over the years. And this I didn't just start this. This has been over a decade of my life getting to this point. And, and, and while we fundamentally are in great shape, um, we're nowhere near, you know, where we need to be in the form of the mass exposure that we need to let people know, look, you're doing the work today. You're just not getting paid directly what you actually could actually get paid. And, and the byproduct of doing that, what's going to happen is it's going to evolve and grow. And the more that that happens, the more that people get behind. And then there will be a natural organic transformation, you know, with what technology does, because when you peel the onion down to the core and say, what is lane access? Well, lane access is the purest form of a direct connection. That's it. It's direct contract. And then we can talk about the blockchain later. And there's, there's, there's components of the blockchain that are valuable because it makes it a trustless network. Right. What's trustless mean? It means that it is it is what it is in the in the contractual relationship, and there's no manipulation of that data, period. And so when you when you do the understand what we actually represent, we are the purest form. And you look at the cost and all the other elements, and then you layer on additional value that the owner operator and smaller independent guys can get from the benefit of the data that they're actually part of and growing, which doesn't exist today. Right. I mean, EDI is some guy in Chicago entering that the guy got there at 10 AM. Well, did he or didn't he, you know, right. and some guy calling at UPS and say, look, I'm, you know, I'm on LMA number nine, seven, four, seven, two. And this is my trailer number. Well, how many times do you think that gets messed up in a day's time? Every day. I mean, you know, every day, hundreds of times. And that's one example. And, and, and so in this complex thing, well, why is it complex? Right. I mean, you just have to ask yourself, why is transportation? So what is transportation? Transportation is product being moved from point A to point B. Simply put, that's it. Right. 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 There's a shipper that's got product needs moving. There's a guy that's going to go haul it. That's transportation. Now, What's happened is, is that the last person that wants to see efficiency to the core of what LaneX is doing is a broker, a 3PL, or a large trucking company. Yes. Why? Because the more complex that it is and the more messed up it is, the more they're, they're needed. Right. They don't have them. Because, you know, they control the information source. And so when you remove, and, you know, we did a, we did a, Four or five years ago, we did a purchase transportation press release because we actually had a guy to go in and do the research and look at the publicly traded reports and purchase transportation is a broker load. They buy the capacity and subcontract it out. Right. They book it as purchase transportation, but it's a broker load. So in the numbers, nobody really knows how much is transportation number of third party brokered loads, freight broker. And then, you know, it's massive. It is billions and billions of dollars. And so, and why? Because the massive part of the movements, you know, it's like when the pandemic happened last year, perfect example. Well, the shelves dried up. Well, why did the shelves dry up? There was carriers around there that could have moved product to there to keep the shelf stock. There was no network visibility. Nobody knows where right. each other is. 100%. So why is the guy moving empty? In a normal, I don't care if he's going for a maintenance repair that's 50 that's fifty miles. He could pick up something on the back of that truck and pay for his driver and his fuel. No network visibility. So when you think about that, and so that's why I tell people, look, you know, 
and I make an analogy of sports a lot, but it's, it's, it's so much true in our life, just, just life examples. We've all seen technology move into a direct network in all of our lives. Buying stock, you know, from E-Trade to, to, you know, Netflix removing Blockbuster to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and so the model itself of what we're talking about is not new. The, 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 we're a salmon streaming uphill into the water that's very, everything's coming at us and we have nobody behind us because we have no friends in this game. How important do you think education is in this? Because I stumbled across crypto and blockchain probably eight or nine years ago. So I've gotten it in nibbles, you know, and, 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 you know, a year and I understand a little bit more and a year and I understand a little bit. And now I have a really, it's not scary to me. It's not, Ooh, what's it, how bad is it going to be? It's no, how great is it going to be? So think about this, right? Okay. So lane access is at its core of what it's doing has got nothing to do with crypto. Okay. What's its core? building direct relationships between the shipper and the carrier and then track it in real time on our mobile app called Freight Vision and direct payment with Stripe and or Circle, whichever component you want to use that pays it. And then after 24 hours, when there's both sides have a, a dispute period of holding, the network automatically releases payment. So in the core, it, it in the blockchain is, is, is validating the self-executed contract and validating insurance requirements. So the relationship is done, blockchain, and all is stored on historical icon. That's the foundational part of lane access. And, and there's a price for 1% charge to the shipper. On addition, if it's a thousand door load, there's $10 to the chip, the shipper's charged from the network to provide that direct connectivity. He can connect with hundreds of thousands of direct um, carriers, no cost. He can, he can negotiate no cost. It's just when a load actually moves and there's value brought to him, he's charged 1% and a $5 load tracking fee that gives him real-time information, data communication, and drop right to the driver and electronic documentation. And then the carriers deducted $10 from his direct payment of his thousand dollars. That's the network charge. That's the revenue model of the network. You won't beat it anywhere because you know the pricing models of a brokered load. It's 15, 20, 30% as much as they can make. So there's no comparison into the network revenue that it does itself. The digital asset that comes behind that is all the 45 different transactional data points that are going to be quantified as the network of transportation grows. Okay. And of that, they all have value. That's the digital asset that the lane access network is building. It's got nothing to do with crypto. It's got nothing to do with other than blockchain is a trustless network and access token is the data that is being produced to transportation that has quantifiable data that affects the bottom line of shippers and carriers and or insurance companies that want data or government that wants traffic flow information that all come behind building the actual network that doesn't exist. There's no right. network data because there's no network. That's right. why they don't go direct. I mean, a person saying, oh, it's a shipper carrier direct is not the network. You know, that there, there's, and we get compared with Uber Freight or Convoy or all these other guys are doing this, that, and the other. They can do gr- tremendous value. I'm not, I'm not knocking any company that provides tremendous value to their customer base. We are focused on the network itself. We're agnostic to the freight type. We're agnostic to the movement amounts. We're not. We're building. When the towers got hit in two thousand in in nine eleven, right? They grounded them planes in two hours. How did they do that? They did that because they had network visibility of all the planes, right. American Delta and everything. There's a single network. If we had a single network last year in transportation, we could have dispatched and moved them trucks and had the products on them shelves and would have never been empty. Okay, so I have a question on that because one of the cores uh, that I see as a benefit of blockchain and crypto, and what, the reason I say crypto when I say blockchain is, crypt, you know, they can't live without each other. They're, the the two are yeah the, the two are all right. are connected. Okay, but decentralization. Right. We centralization of power creates a lot of problems in our world, creates a lot of death and destruction of centralization. 
Absolutely. And I heard you, I heard you make that analogy with with the FAA and, and the single network. I'm not convinced that they there can I think there can be because we have the ELD and, and I agree that for the first time I've been in this business since 97 starting in 2017, you finally did have some tracking data because every truck had a device in it. Right. right. And so we could we could learn from that data certain things about hold times and, you know, and we could pull some shippers pants down because they were delaying trucks too much. Uh, Craig Fuller was with sonar and freight waves has done a lot of good work there. Right. Um, but I'm wondering with, and I'm wondering how far you guys are thinking, what if your network existed in a market where there was no fiat currency? Like what, how could, are you guys thinking about, your your blockchain and your network creating value turning out a, a, a currency that that's that's based on that activity that could pay the carrier for that value to value relationship between what the carrier does for the shipper what the shipper does for the carrier for the receiver that maybe we create transportation coins or coin you know coin or coins that are because what I think is the foundational thing here of lane access from my vantage as the driver and, and operator is that it has the blockchain base, like you said, the trust. And now I want to try to do some videos later for our audience to explain why we say blockchain and trust in the same system, in the same sentence, because it's that's fundamental. You right. have to understand why the blockchain creates that trust. And you have to understand technology. So because Landstar, we have a lot of those things. We have our own apps. We have our own network. We have a lot of things, but it doesn't benefit anybody outside our network. Right. So, and, um, and, and, and so does UPS and Walmart and right. Amazon, blah, blah, blah. And that, that, well and that, that's, that's yeah. the problem. And, and that's why I made the distinct difference that we're actually building the network itself. Because if you build proprietary systems, then you're limited to the value of that system. And, and if you go to Walmart today and say, okay, well, Walmart, as an example, uh, how many contracted carriers do you have underneath, you know, and they would say 300, 500, there's a number, but it's in that range, right. right? Okay, well then you just have to ask yourself, well, if that's the number, and I know from a database side, because Lane Access showed me that there's one point plus million trucking companies. So why is there the disconnect between 1.8 million plus trucking companies and let's just call it 300? And, and you know that there is a large, larger number of that because you can go to any distribution center and you can sit there for four or five hours and you can go, okay, well, and we've done this. Um, there's 300 in four hour period, different trucks that come in and out of that in a single day in four hours. So there's, a lot more companies hauling that freight, right? So, so there's the disconnect of of that part. Now, when you talk about the digitalization, I got to be careful because what we've done 100% is we are completely in compliance with all the SEC, and they haven't made a crypto right because they haven't made some decisions on how they're actually doing it. And we are, we are, you know, we're cautious of that. We're, we're aware of that. And one thing we 100% will do is always 100% in compliance with the law. Right. And, and so that's why the revenue model and everything else has got nothing to do with crypto and nothing up because none of our revenue is based off that and nothing else. It just, we have our own network and we're quantifying it on a blockchain, which is, legal and, and, and valuable. And we're using a utility component that in some countries that crypto is friendly, that we are actually we're in conversation with several different countries that are interested in companies over there that are interested in the opportunity of a direct network and what it represents in their country. In those areas, yes, a, a what you described is exactly what's going to happen. Because in this element of data in transportation, when basically in a trucking company, 95 cents of a dollar goes out the window in some form of a cost, right? And so you can start to monetize 
all of these different attributes that you contribute to the network and you can start making money. That's the idea, right? And what do I mean? Pulling best fuel prices by your route, that's real time, that gives you direct rebates by the volume. Because the network itself, if you have several million carriers, you're the biggest rebate as an individual consumer. And why can't you make 50, 60 cents rebate per gallon? From a network, you would be able to as an owner operator. I'm telling you companies realize those gains. You don't see it because they don't push it down to you at an individual level. So when you look at, at that times, you know, location-based data that you can pull that because you know this location loads in four and a half hours that's affecting your, your reset, you can charge more, right? You don't have any of that data. So the network being, and the reason that we're putting the blockchain and the digitalization of the asset, which is the data and quantifying it is because as the laws change and as more and more companies move to blockchain and as they move to digitalization of currency and different things that they do, right, there's going to be opportunities that you can move it into whichever way the law actually is. And you can't be in violation of law doesn't exist. So they don't really know certain things quite yet. Right. But as it moves, you've already built the foundation behind what is the future of transportation, which is a direct network and quantifying it on blockchain and quantifying all the data sets. Because I can show you right now all the various different data sets that we're quantifying on the access token that's going to be retrievable data points that are valuable. You know, and so the future of transportation is a direct network. It is in the blockchain and it is digitalizing the data points of a transportation network that produces the movements that is millions and millions of times done every day, right? Okay, I got a couple of questions. Yes, sir. So I think that you won't have any trouble convincing owner-operators to participate. But how are you going to sleep at night putting all these brokers out of business? Well, how do they sleep at night charging what they charge? I don't know. I guess <laughs> I guess we take the same pill. It's just mine might be a little bit easier to swallow than theirs because I don't have any – we're, we're providing value to them. That's actually doing the work. Um, I mean, I can't tell you how many times over the years. And look, it's I'm not. This isn't about replacing them, right? I mean, there's still travel agents that do a great job. They just don't make you know fifty percent on booking an airline ticket. Right. 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 I mean, they might get twenty five dollars but they're still in business. They provide us great service and somebody doesn't want to mess with it. And they, you know, but they're not going to get 500 um, because it's, it's not the, it's not the world that we live in anymore. And so, so you know, I don't, I don't, I, I, I think it's a little bit chung and cheek what you said. I mean, we're laughing, right? I mean, right. you know, but I understand the point and it's, and it's the point is, is that whether lane access does it or somebody else is going to do it. The future of transportation is not going to continue in the next five years with $200 billion of managed fees. I think we can all agree upon that statement. Right, right. So what do you see their role when this becomes more of the mainstream brokers I'm talking about? Well, I, I think, I think major manufacturers from a FedEx and UPS and, and, and all the rest of these guys um, are going to start to realize that, okay, I do have an ability to go direct. And, and so, and if you think about it, what's an annual contract, right? I mean, a major shipper gets an annual contract. Is that good for him? Well, they'll change it in a heartbeat. Exactly. And if, and if it can change in a heartbeat, it's probably not good for him. And it's not good for a carrier either. And so with you, if you have transparency and you have visibility, you don't need an annual contract okay, yeah. because both sides have ability to connect on the fly immediately with blockchain and contracts, tracks in real time, direct payment, and you don't need that. So, so regardless of what happens, pandemic, spike in weather, uh, you know, a storm, whatever, you can manage your business based on the need and demand of the, of the real-time data of information. That's where it's going. 
And whether we do it or whether somebody else does it, you know, when you get an annual contract as a trucking company and or a shipper, that's old school. I mean, it, it, it just is. And, and, and so, you know, when they start to realize that and they say, okay, well, Hey, look, that's where data is going to start to push, quite frankly, owner operators to perform well, because you're going to have, you're, we all have a credit score, right? Right. Uh, what is that? Well, that's a risk assessment. Well, what's a risk assessment? Well, it says to the lender, um, you know, what? this guy's got an 800 credit score. So odds are you're going to get your money back if you give him money. Right. Yeah, so they get it. It's pretty easy and it's pretty good rates. Right. If you're 500, um, you may not get it. And if you do, it's going to cost you a lot more. Right. Well, so when you, where does that come from? That comes from historical information exactly. that you are responsible for producing. A network so of people who are coordinated. So what happens is in real data, in, in the real life of transportation, when you look down the corridors of time in five years from now, you're going to come to lane access. You're going to query the network and say, oh, this guy's on time 98.7% of the time. That was my next question. Is it, isn't this going to show transparency to everybody? You're going Absolutely. to have shipper performance. You're going to have driver performance. I mean, everybody's going to know uh, your reputation. And you should, if you're a good gear and, and look, 98, 99% of all guys that are out there in trucking transportation are good guys. They're hard workers. And, and there's always an exception to every rule. That's not to knock anybody. It just is. And, and so in that scenario, guys are going to stand on their own. Look, man, truckers are men. They work for a living. You know, their hands are not soft and they actually, you know, and, and through the years I've fought this so many things about trucking and truckers and blah, blah, blah. And so many, you know, pigeonhole ideas that people have of these guys. And they're not like that at all, period. These guys work, they're smart, they will learn. And now they're, they're starting to learn technology is actually good for them because they, they'll never use a smartphone. They'll you know, their hands are too big. They, you know, all that shit's gone away, right? You never hear any of that now, right? You know, because these guys, they have downtime and they're utilizing it. So now guys are starting to monetize it. They're building channels, they're YouTube channels or TikToks, they're doing various different things. And as it goes, that's where when you have a network of the true network, which is smaller independent, and I make that classification because I don't ever want to limit a guy that that has five or six or 10 trucks that is a worker and a hustler, and he's found a way that, that he can manage that and still drive. I mean, there's tons of those guys out there. Right. Well, and specialization should be easier too. I mean, I've done blanket wrap in, in van where I carried blankets and bars. And well, if I'm a if I'm a shipper and I'm I'm querying the system, so well, who's the guy that's got the blankets, bars, and straps and and the white glove service? He's got a lift gate and he's got pilot jacks. We see people at Landstar that have carved out a niche for themselves with the specialized handling, and they're making piles of money. Well, it, we I saw at another carrier. When the rates would drop down, general freight people would try to come in and undercut that white white glove service, and and it was a disaster because right. you can't send somebody that hauls monkey freight to come in and do that specialized white glove service. Well, if the shipper, uh, I mean, they may be well, you get what you pay for, but they well, right. I mean, but this is such a great deal, yeah. But now they you can up, see, they get by with it every once in a while, right? Right, because right. yeah. they're going to get hit. And I've got a relationship, a seven-year relationship with a direct customer. I'm the single most expensive guy that hauls their freight because I've proven over seven years that I can get the job done and nobody can undercut me. They can try, but the sh- as long as this guy's still here, if he dies, I'm screwed. Uh, but as long as this guy is still here, he knows who's going to get the job done. And I can send any one of my guys in there because they are under m- me. They're under my identity. Um, so you got, you got more questions? Well, I was just going to, we're talking about that, uh, the, the, the reputation thing. I, I, you know, I think that there's going to be, I, 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 you're kind of generous, I think, with the 98% of, of drivers. <laughs> now, I don't know that I would agree with that, but. Well, I haven't been, uh, in, I, haven't, I haven't done any uh, dispatching and, and, and. It's less than that, Rick. Okay, I, so I have like, a line that I use that the biggest problem with truck drivers is that, that they think the axis of the universe runs through the top of their precious little head. 
All right. A system I got, like I this. Miss some of those, uh, I kind of miss some of those heated moments with, with, with drivers, though, that, that you know, yeah. where are but, you at type of, um, right. you know. If you why, think why of, do you want to know and why should you know? That, that would be their next question. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd always tell them I know exactly where you're at. <laughs> well, tell me your that, location. I know exactly what you were doing, right? There, having been in this business 25 years, I hear a lot of people long for the, the good old days. And I'm like, you you mean the good old days when I didn't have an iPhone, an iPhone, iPad, cell phone, you know, and I had to stand in the truck stop with one phone to each ear and a cloud of cigarette smoke waiting for somebody to tell me to come back and call back in two hours. Hell no. Y'all yeah. take the good old days and shove them. Yeah. But right. there is one component of that is that you used to be able, no tracking, nobody knew where you were. It was a very, it was a very trust system. You know, people are putting a hundred thousand dollars worth of the freight. They have no idea if it's ever going to get there. And right. that's the polishing of the turd. Well, even today, we don't really have a system. We have a CSA system, which is horseshit. Right. Um, but we don't really have a service score. Somebody's got to remember, oh, I don't, I remember that guy or that trucking company or that name. And it comes, it's, it's throwing, you know, toilet paper at a wall to see what will stick. What this can do is give us that accountability that we desperately need as drivers and, and truck operators. Well, you we need to yell for transportation, need. right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we're going to build. And that's right. the good components of the but, but a Yelp for transportation backed up with blockchain data so that you can't bullshit somebody. 100%. Okay. That's the only way you're going to do any of it because it's going to be quantifiable, poll location, poll timestamp, poll, or else you can't make a submission. I mean, you know, right. so... And, and all them, all them key elements, and that's why that's why we are doing, you know, the blockchain. And I, and I started the blockchain, you know, four years ago, you know, three and a half years ago. And and because it was always, you know, and that's what our patent is. If you read our patent, it's a shipper carrier interaction optimization platform. So this isn't, like I said, it's not new. It was always the vision of building a direct network, and then as as things come up. And as improvements of technology, just like AI, right? That wasn't a conversation 10 years ago, five, you know, in, in transportation. We're building it now. We're building side chain AI bots that, that are going to give you capacity uh, availability to alert the network. You're coming out of Chicago and you're 60% full. The AI bot will alert the, the, the network of available 40% capacity, 18,000 pounds it can take. The guy can swing by Effingham. Pick up that negotiate on the fly, pick up that load and pick up five hundred dollars worth of revenue on the back of that truck. Yeah. That's an AI bot. That that's, that's everything everything we've done up to this point. We have to take data and look backwards. We have yeah. to take whatever we can and we say, Well, we did this last year. Well, hell, last year was a pandemic. I can't do anything with that data. Right. That's right. And and and, and you know, and but you have you have learned historical trends, right? That are always going to happen. Right. 9 11, 2008 crash, pandemic. I mean, you know, and so, but when those things happen, if you're not making advancements to improvements of the major things that happen, and so what am I talking about? What I'm talking about is network visibility. If you have network visibility, if there is a pause and everything comes to a stop, okay, boom. You, you can dispatch and move and you can reinvent yourself while the things turn back around. And, and if you don't have an ability of, of being able to connect with the true industry, that's really what we're doing, right? We're actually building at, you know, all the massive movements and, and I would say we're cleaning house, right? And making it, making transportation simple, it's the movement of product from point A to point B, and it's connecting the two people that are doing it, and then we're quantifying the data of all that movement to bring value to the network. Simply put, that's what we're doing. You know, Rick, prior to being in trucking, I was in photography for about 35 years, professional photography. So I lived through the digi digitalization of that industry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the and, Polaroid, you know, and I used to get them coming out, right? Yeah. So here it is. when when it came on the horizon, 
people that were innovative like you are in this in this situation, you know, their prediction was at that time they would take about 15 to 20 years before it would be fully in, you know, embraced and, and, and ingrained into the industry to where film basically be, um, you know, um, gone. Well, that happened in five years instead of 20 years. And, uh, and then of course the, the iPhone just was the nail in the coffin, you know, for professional photographers, right. looking forward here with where you are, what is your, pre- your prediction for when that kind of thing will be, Will will be prevalent in this industry, uh, you know, as opposed to the way we do things now. I, I think you can cut that in half, right? So you said fifteen. I I would say seven and a half, and and then if we get an iPhone type of thing, which is unforeseen in our particular industry, it could be three to four, right? Um, right. um but the reason why I say that is seven because people have to be realistic, right? I mean, there's behavioral things, and this business is being done today. Okay, so you don't have to have lane access to continue what we're doing. It's just yeah. inefficient. Yeah. Um, but if 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 people really understand and it start to gravitate, and once one major person goes, there's too much efficiency, there's too much cost savings, there's too much value, move to it. And when that happens, and then it affects the stock price of a publicly traded shipper, right? Yeah. Right. And that gets announced the next quarter, you will see like this because the competitors are going to have to come and all the rest of them are going to have to come in order to compete. And so, you know, that's why the time frame may to get, you know, reduced. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, I think there's so much entrenched into this process of these guys and they have so much control. And I'm talking about brokers and 3PLs because they're the only ones that have the information. Right. Um, you know, and, and they don't they know what the shipper's paying and they know what the carrier's getting. And, and either side of the two entities of the transportation movement, which we described as the core, the shipper and the carrier are dealing direct. They have no that neither side knows. And so yeah. pulling down that veil, you know, is going to take time, you know, and, and that time, I, I would say, is is seven and a half years before, you know, there is the you know, the removal of a professional photographer, right? Well, you, uh, you, you mentioned, you mentioned stock prices, you know, it, 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 there was a time when Eastman Kodak was a blue chip stock, you know, yeah. every portfolio had Eastman Kodak. Now to stay in business, they've had to sell proprietary, you know, uh, yeah, information, you know? Yeah. So, and you're right. That that's when it really, really gets people's attention is when stock prices start falling on these great big blue chip companies. You know? Right, and 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 it's going to be a direct relationship to their transportation because this is going to if they cut their transportation, Walmart cuts their transportation costs by three billion dollars right. in 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 a year by moving to a direct network that's actually of a freight. That's that's profit to them. Is it, it wouldn't it be fair to say that the only reason they still have a private fleet is to have that control that instantaneous control of what needs to be where and when? I mean, there if you well, it, I mean, their private fleet, in my opinion, and this is only my opinion, but but in in my humble opinion, the only reason why they have a private fleet is to purely is is to merely keep the shocks the stock shelved in in their stores. Right. They're not right. they're not moving freight. Right. Um, Right. And, and and they could benefit with eight thousand trucks. They could benefit with network visibility because there's a lot of backhaul opportunities for them when they get on yeah. the back inside of the deliveries and they had network visibility. You know, and they do some of that. But but I know like Coca Cola and all the rest of these guys. I mean, you, let them do the not let them do the math. There was know? a guy back in let's see when was Katrina twelve no eight to two thousand eight. There was a guy that wrote a wrote a really interesting piece um, called Walmart to the Rescue, and he went through what happened right after Katrina, and he pointed out that that like the day before the storm hit, Walmart had a meeting in Bentonville, and they're like, "Look, all hell's fixing to break loose on the Gulf Coast. Here's what we're going to do." So they had their trucks lined up down the road, and when the after the storm blew through. Walmart just drives in. They already knew what medications. They already knew they needed water. They already knew they needed food. They already had the distribution network. They already had the stores. And so they handed out authority to their 
uh, there was a, a copy of a memo that went out to the local store managers and said, look, you're not going to be able to contact us. You're not going to be able to get our permission or our advice. You're going to have to do whatever you can do. One girl drives a bulldozer through the side of her store to get the, the medications and hand it out to a National Guard triage unit in her parking lot. Now, if she worked for FEMA and done that, they would have sent her to jail. Right. So because they had the data, they had they knew what the customers in that area were using. They also knew what were the basic necessities. They loaded the trucks up, and there was one of the parish constables that said, had the federal government behaved the way Walmart did, we wouldn't be in this mess right now. Right. So I see this being able to, because to me it feels like trying to get the layperson to understand what it's like to find loads is take them in Walmart, blindfold them, and say, all right, go find what you're looking for. Because right. that's what it's like when you're looking for loads. You're just yeah. you're waiting for some little signal to pop up out of nowhere. Oh, there's one. Oh, it's a 120 mile deadhead. Screw it. I'll go get right. it because it meets all checks all my boxes. Well, and, and and what you're doing is you have manual processes in addition to all that blindfolded, right? Yeah. I mean, because you're you're querying some origin destination, right? And you're querying some equipment type, but then you're calling or emailing. And you're waiting for a person on the other line that 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 ultimately, you know, you're going to get a hold of them or not. Right. And, and, and that's that's a lot of I mean, I think we could talk to tomorrow about all the layers of inefficiencies that this. And it's a, it's really amazing because the common person, you know, they would have no idea that that the way transportation act, they would, they, they would, when I tell somebody, well, well, UPS has got a, you know, a bunch of people answering phones that you have to call if it's the arrival or departure, you have to call and, and give them the LMA number, the trailer number, and they keep track of it that way. They, they would go, no way. Right. Right. I mean, and, and, and I'm not picking on them. I mean, you can only do what you can do because they, nobody's figured out how to take the true network of the 1.4 plus million trucking companies that have five trucks or less and figure out how to network connect these guys and build it into where there's visibility. And, you know, look, and, and you know, like we said, you know, 98, 99 might be a little good, but there, there's, you know, of that, you know, Walmart's not going to deal with a hundred percent of everyone. It doesn't give them the right to go direct because they have that performance. Right. But how do they know who's good and who isn't? Cause there's no data. Right. I mean, and so, What's going to happen is, is that that's why it's going to be a natural progression, you know, but there's going to be a tipping point in, in lane access history that go boom. That's when people figured out, got it and go, oh, there's just way too much value in that. You know, you got to go over there. Are you I mean, guys, are you guys foreseeing competitors in your space that will be trying to kind of do what you're doing and, you know, maybe that you would you would have a shared data network with other providers that are that are trying to do the same thing. Like, um, I, I mean, I, I think there may be I mean, if you think about Google, right, if, if you want to know, hey, go look this up, go Google it. No, right. That's what they, people say. Right. They don't say yeah. go Bing it. They don't say go Yahoo it. Those are search engines. And how many different right. engines are there? I don't really know. But there's more than one. Um, and, and ultimately, they have they're doing whatever they need, but there's one leader. Um, and I think that we probably, you know, our goal is to be that leader because we have the core elements of all the things that a direct network should represent. Direct connections, direct negotiation, direct payment, and then all the data that is the core part of that movement is on the blockchain and quantifiable. So when you look at a comparable and you and you get a competitor and say, well, are you doing this? Because this is what lane access is. Lane access is agnostic to any type of freight, and they're building the core elements on blockchain of transportation, and it's a direct network, and it's a direct payment, direct negotiation, and real-time tracking, real-time electronic documentation, and quantified on blockchain with data elements that is scoring on all these performance. I mean, I think the natural progression is we could be the Google of transportation, be the leader because you can come to lane access and get a credit score of your performance. And you're going to want that because in order for you to get certain things of certain freight, 
maybe just in time or maybe things that really matter, right? You might add a credit score. And if you don't have it because you're not part of Lane Access Network, you're going to get in there. Right. Right. And so um, I think for us, you know, we want to be the leader in the industry of the direct network to where everybody at least participates to have the data elements that matter so that they have opportunity for freight. And, you know, um, that's where the industry is going to end up going. And, you know, so the other models that are out there that are driven by, you know, percentages of freight movements, you know, that, you know, they're, they're not a competitor to us. Right. Um, and unless they're doing all the other thing, and I haven't seen anybody even remotely close to the model of what we're doing, just right, to be right, honest. Right. I'm not saying they're not out there. I, I, I don't spend all my day researching other people. And when people ask me, are you, I'm like, I don't really care what they're doing. You know, um, it doesn't matter to me. I'm in the gym. I'm working out. We're in training camp every day and we're pounding in here at the office and we're doing what we need to be doing. And we're bringing value to this and we're, we're, we're focused on what we can control. And that's us oh, wow. uh, and, and, and what we're doing. And, and if anybody else is doing anything, God bless them. You know, um, it, it doesn't matter to me um, because even if there's 10 of us, you know, I told you that that if we gain, you know, 10 uh, percent in the next three years away from the 900,000 loads is posted on. That's 900. That's 90,000 loads of that. That's right. There's that. That's a great mod. That's a great business. There's great revenue for, for lane access, great value to their lane access shareholders. There's great value that's being, you know, and I can tell you there, there will be lane access, global direct freight networks. I mean, that, that is going to happen. So I'm on the website looking right now and I can see that you can activate and connect. So the network is up and running right now. Yeah. It's it's fully functional. I mean, we, 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 we got thousands of carriers in the network today. I mean, you know, we have, we have shippers in there every day and we got, I mean, we're actually running a beta test right now on the blockchain components um, as we speak, and we're making, um, you know, tweaks and, and different, you know, we added a couple, you know, we're adding two guys that are from the system side, some TMSs that are going to be really good to give granular level feedback to help. What our focus in the next six months is really about scaling, right? right. You know, getting the, the system fine tuned to make it easier and, <clears throat> you know, a little bit of elements functioning a little bit more like a load board where they can post a load and it goes out to the network and it broadcast it to where it's easier. You know, there's different things you learn, right? I mean, if you think about a, you know, cell phone, you know, it was a bag phone to start. It was 29 cents, you know, a minute. A minute, right. And, right, and, right. and then, you know, well, what's a cell phone today? Yeah. Well, the thing's a freaking, you know, rocket ship that's in the thing to the moon, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. it's the computing power that it has. And, right. and, and that's been less than, that was 93, 2003, 2013 ain't even been 30 years. Right. Right. So what, look at what it can do now. Transportation now in transportation, you have all this understanding of technology. You have all this. So basically you're layering the value of people's understanding into a network that exists and adding value. So the learning curve is going to be a lot less. The time frame is going to be a lot less because, you know, you're just deploying this, you know, feature sets the people that understand and know into a network that's antiquated. So this, uh, this, um, what's the IPO firm you're using? Uh, the crowd, the crowdfunding. Oh, the start engine. Start engine. Start, start engine. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. How can people get involved? Um, actually, if, if you just go to um, startengine.com, there's a lane access page, um, and you know you can own. You can get shares. I mean, their their shares they buy in lane access in, is the same as mine. We've all common shares are all the same. There's no difference in class of shares. Um, and um, you can have a stake of, of and all the, the patents are owned by lane access, the trademarks, the, the IP is all the blockchain, all components of development futures all owned by lane access. You know, so there's no tricks in any of that. You know, so we're Reg CF. So we had a campaign last year. We raised a million and seventy thousand that's the most you could raise last year at that particular time the sec <clears throat> increased that limit started march 15th of this year to five million so we launched march 15th of this year so in three months or whatever 
um, going on four months. We've raised, I think it's 3.8 something right now, close to 3.9. We have a million, 1.1 million left and then we'll close it out. Um, and then, and hopefully quite frankly, um, you know, we don't have to, you know, raise capital again. Um, we can just keep the shareholders we have and, and, you know, grow the network and grow the revenue. And, and, you know, then we have a digital asset, you know, um, that we have that is going to have value in the future. Um, and so, um, you know, but you never know. I mean, um, but that's, that's where they can find it. There's good page of information um, out there. And, you know, so if anybody's got any questions, you know, they can hit me up too, you know. Um, so and your, uh, your, your token, is it going on the exchange? Same it's on an exchange. Now. So it's on ProBits right now. So it's publicly traded. Uh, it's traded on ProBits, which is a Korean exchange. We're adding uh, a top five exchange next month. Um, and then, you know, we'll, uh, we'll just take it, you know, we'll probably add another couple, three exchanges, you know, um, but the, you know, the real value is, is, you know, growing the network itself, you know, right. Because gotcha. if you don't grow the network, nothing else matters. Um, right. The data doesn't matter. The token doesn't matter. You know, nothing else matters because, you know, and that's why we've been patient. You know, we've actually had this blockchain asset for three years and just held it because we never were going to do anything with it if we weren't able to. And it's been the chicken and the egg to figure out how to actually build the network itself. You know, so sure. and that what we figured out last year was build the actual network of database attributes. That's why when you go, you come to Lane Access, you query, you'll see, okay, in Chicago, 60 mile race Chicago, there's 55,274 owner operators, right? And ability to message and connect directly to them. So, you know, we've, you know, it's, it's been, you know, this cancer's thick in, in transportation. There's a lot of layers of inefficiency and solving this, quite frankly, is, you know, uh, is, has been a mass feat now. As we move forward, what's going to happen is, is that once we move past the tipping scale, you know, when you have technology and, and it starts to produce, you're making up revenue 100x what right. you didn't right. have now, right? Because it's scaling, you know, and that scaling just runs. And so, so for our listeners that may not know, you can invest in lane access for as little as $300, I want to say. Is that true? Yeah, it's on the campaign page. I think it's that amount. It's in that neighborhood, two ninety one. Or I, I don't. Let me just look instead of guessing. Um, two ninety eight ten. Okay, so so an investment of that or anything above that, depending on the person's, I guess, uh, risk, risk tolerance. You know, yeah, yeah. whatever they're whatever they're comfortable with in their particular situation, and you know, um, all that. But yeah. And, and if they're a carrier and got an MC number, they can go ahead and, and get it, get uh, exposure on the network now. Yeah. They can join the network right now. They can, they can, they can uh, loads are running today. And I, I challenge, I, I ask you guys to do it, you know, roads you're running today, go, go join, just put your MC, it's free, put your MC and, and the roads you're running today, add them and, and, and track yourself and, and, and get your, so you can start getting used to it. Right. And you're, now, and you're, can you, can you do that if you don't own the MC? Yeah, you can you you can because you, you, you're a driver, right? And you have a DOT number that you're that you're associated with. Right. So right. you can download the app and 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 get a load and and a, and create the load and just see the network experience and start to okay. look at shippers and start to invite and add your loads and track your loads and and do all this. You can do all this stuff for free and you're building data and you're building the, and that helps us because you you know then you're hey man you guys should do this and oh you guys should do that and that that's what helps us right because. It's like I look at this like, and we got the Model T, the you know the the Model T's built, you know, and there's no cars on the road, and you know the only way to, to know if you need shocks is to get the car out there, right? Um, and the yeah. only way that that you need you know that you need air condition is get the the car out there in a hot environment and go, oh, but you really need air, right? Because you can't stand it when it's, you know all them things that improve. And then as you're making them improvement, what's going to happen is. Boom, you're going to be able to start producing 5,000 of those a day in a manufacturing plant, and then you're adding 10 manufacturing plant, and you're producing 50,000 a day. And now all of a sudden, you're driving a Lamborghini, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you never got there until, you know, you drove the Model T because that was on the road first and, you know, all them other things. So the good part with us is all of the infrastructure is built. Right. Transportation movement's built. 
it's just efficiently and, and cost savings and effectiveness is what needs to improve. And that's why we need guys like you to get in there and use it, you know, and, 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 and start making this and be patient. That's why we're not charging people right now. We're not right. charging them because we want them to use it. So there's, there's, you know, in the industry, smaller independent guys, you know, have to, it's like anything, man, you know, if don't complain, you're out of shape if you're never going to the gym. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and so if, don't complain to us if oh, I haven't gotten any, you know, look, man, we're not a load board. You get loads through here because you build direct connections and you have loads wherever you're at, wherever you're going. But it's going to take effort by you because it's your business. It's your opportunity. It's your ability to control your own destiny. If you want to be home on Friday night for your son's game, build direct connections because then you can control your movements and damn it, you'll be home by noon on Friday and bear at the tailgate. Right. Right. Because you made your money because you're not sitting there waiting for some guy to call you back on a load that, you know, you got to move. You can't move you, the truck empty. You, you sound so much about, you know, we, we take people that, that typically are company drivers and most of them for big fleets. And they think they want to be an owner operator and they think they want to come to Landstar. And, but they don't realize that Landstar is a, is a completely different animal than what they're used to. And that's what we do here. That's we have a year and a half program where we bring people in and, and teach them how to navigate the Landstar system, teach them how to become, problem solvers and owner operators and, and business people because they they're truck drivers but they think that buying a truck is the same thing as as driving for somebody else and they don't realize that so we get all that and we and what you're doing is exactly on a much bigger scale what we do every day with the few guys that well, we, we got. should integrate you guys into our in our system so if there's an owner operator they just go through your training thing well there you, you go know, <laughs> I, I mean seriously because i think that you know, when we grow up and we're successful in what we're doing, I can see the network being three and a half, four million owner operators. Right. Right. Why? Because what's a truck driver? He likes driving. He likes his freedom. He likes to be on the road. And, and you know, and so if he has an ability to go to a network where he can build direct connections, get direct payment, and it tracks all the things he needs to do, all of his back end stuff automatically. Right. What? Our what? our biggest challenge is, is getting un, deprogramming them from being robots right. to have to do, do critical thinking. That's the biggest thing we do, and then the business side of it. Most people don't understand what it takes to stay in business. You know, they don't understand that that the pennies count. You know, and so right. that's our challenge is taking people that are unsophisticated in business. They're great drivers, and they, but you know, once you become an owner operator, driving is about 15 percent of what you do. You know, so right. So that's our challenge. And we kind of have a, you know, the same sort of, you know, you meant, you mentioned the salmon going up the stream. We kind of feel the same way. You know, we're, we're, we're a very small, you know, drop in the bucket, you know, but, uh, we're literally called lunatics. Literally, we've, been, we've, we've been given the nickname lunatics. Well, we do think so what I've been called. So, <laughs> oh, we've yeah. been called that too, but publicly. <laughs> so we, we've embraced it now. We, 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 we're, we're, we call ourselves a lunatics, you know, and, uh, because we don't do it like everybody else does. You know, we do it uh, without going in debt. And we, we do this all about being being solid, you know, business, having a good business where, you know, you the, you can survive the pandemic, you know. And, right. uh, and and making business decisions based on math and risk management, not emotions. Right. 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 Yeah. Well, Rick, we appreciate your time, man. I can't yeah. believe you gave us all this time. I, I feel, you know, I feel like we've really intruded on your day. We appreciate that. Um, no, that's what I'm here for, man. I'd love to keep in touch and see if we can't work something out. I love what you guys sure, are doing. Sure. Um, you know, this is, I mean, that this is, this is what makes it. And I mean, we're in here working. Right. Um, and I, that's why I put my email out there. I put my phone number and my shareholders sometimes get, you know, I can't believe you call. Look, man, I mean, you got to put the work in, you know, and, and it's a grind. Um, and if you're not willing to do that, you know, uh, you're not going to make it. Um, so full disclosure, I did buy a few thousand shares about a week or two ago. So just, I didn't want to tell you that. Front. Well, hey man, now you're, you're shareholder. I got to salute you. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, no, I appreciate well. you guys. And, and Hey, feel free. If you, if you want to do a follow up or, you know, you got questions or, or whatever, hit me up. You know, my email is Rick at lane access.com. Anybody okay. got questions, you can email me. Um, and you know, um, I'm, I'm pretty good on keeping that inbox clean. So it might take me a little bit of time, but know that I'll get in and I will reply and, you know, 
um, you know, we're just kind of in this journey together, right? We want to improve people's lives that are actually doing the work. That's the whole point. That's our mission. Well, this will hit YouTube probably not this weekend, but next weekend. We're we're we got a bunch of orientation we're doing this weekend, so we're going to be busy. But we'll give you we'll give you a heads up when it's going to go, so you'll know because you're probably going to get a bunch of calls after that. You know, we've, uh, <laughs> that's all right. We've got I a few can... hundred subscribers, so you'll they'll, yeah, you'll. Yeah. And you know, again, we've we've got a, a pretty big listening audience, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if you get a lot of action off of it. So uh, again. Yeah. Thanks a lot, yeah. uh, Chris. You like yeah. Uh, well, I just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just thankful to to have you here because I've been, I've been waiting for this. You know, I've, I've been waiting three or four years for someone to come up and do what you're doing. And yes. as soon as that's my best friend, he sends me this clip from this, you know, podcast, and and he was like, "It's the Lane Access guy." And I'm like, "Oh, holy crap!" And so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're really thrilled you came on. Uh, well, thank would you very love much. to love to have you back. Very humble, man. By 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 the work you guys are doing, and and you know, know that we're in the same boat, rolling together. And yeah. I'm here to help any way you guys can. I know you guys are doing that for us. You know, and we appreciate it. I don't take it for granted. Um, and I wish you guys all the best too. All right. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Rick. Rick. Appreciate it. Day. Thank yes. you, sir. Appreciate right. it. All right. We'll Bye-bye. be in touch.